Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello there, Dr. Ross Green here, coming to you live as always from the offices of Lives in the Balance here in rainy, foggy Portland, Maine. But we're not going to let that get us down. It's a parents panel day, and that's always the best program of the month as far as I'm concerned. And, um, well, we have a special treat on today's parents panel. We are introducing our new parents panel member, Anna, who restores uh, for us Canadian representation on the parents panel. We had uh, Peter as a parents panel member a while back, um, and he, of course, was Canadian. Not that we are so oriented toward nationality, but, um, well, uh, this model is very well-known and being done in lots of places in Canada. Not tragic for us to have a Canadian member of the parents panel, and that's Anna, who I'm going to be bringing on live in a moment. Uh, Susie is still going to be uh, participating in the parents uh, panel. Uh, Kathy is going to be retiring from the parents panel. We thank her for her year or so of devotion to the parents panel. Let's bring Susie and Anna on. How are you both today? Good, Dr. Green. How are you? I am well. Anna, how are you? I'm good. I have a bit of a cold, which is unfortunate for my first program, but then it can only be better next time. Anna, I Uh, just want to say... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Susie. I just wanted to welcome Anna to the program and... Thank her so very much for uh, being willing to do this. Well, um, you're an inspiration, Susie, so I'm, I've got big shoes to fill. <laughs> if I can, uh, it's a joy to work with you. Thank you. Now, here's what we know about the parents' program. Um, there are people who listen to it who are very familiar with the model already, and sometimes we cover things on this program and on the parents' panel that is more oriented toward those who are already familiar with the model. But sometimes um, people are listening in because they are brand new to the model, to all of the stuff that's out there telling parents what they ought to do with their behaviorally challenging kid. Um, And Anna, I know that uh, because you and I have, and Susie have talked before today's program, I know that you were in that position a while ago and that we thought we might kick off today's parents panel with you telling us a little bit about your um, uh, history in the behaviorally challenging kid realm and the parent of a behaviorally challenging kid and and tell us how you came to um, know about this model and your devotion to it, etc., you're on. All right. Um, well, thank you. I Funny how you said about all the advice that parents are given because I live in a very tight community of parents and children, 
And when I was struggling with my son, I would ask people, what can I do, what can I do? And they'd say, just be more consistent, be more consistent. And and I was trying, and then when I read in the book, uh, inflexible plus inflexible equals kaboom, the permission to stop. So when I thought I was being consistent, I was actually being inflexible. And that alone, changing that alone, when I saw that I had said something that was going to start a problem, to be able to backtrack and come at it from a different way, even just that one, so many little tidbits in the book were so changing. So, okay, from the beginning, uh, I have four children. My challenging one is my youngest. He's eight now. Uh, I guess I found the model when he was six and a half, and that was near the end of his grade one year, which was a real struggle. And I kept going to his teacher and saying that he he's he uh, like this is a nightmare. I'm living a nightmare every day when we get home is a nightmare. And she kept saying he's so good in class, and and I don't see any of this, and he's trying so hard, and and I remember getting mad at her and saying, but that's not what's happening, and just was searching for answers and and searching and searching and actually as soon as I read the title somebody said you know if this pro doesn't work with your child maybe you need to read the explosive child and I'm like yep that's the book that's that sums up what's happening in my house and I jumped on my bike and I pedaled to the not even my local library the next over library because I thought it was in on the shelf and read the waffle story and cried because for some reason the waffle story so poignantly describes what is going on in a way that that, that I don't know why the waffle story is perfect, but it really sums it up. And I knew that I had found the right book. And then, like, changing my lenses on how I looked at him was the first step. And, and like, within a day, life went from living in Beirut to there is hope at the end of this tunnel. And so a year and a half later, it just gets better and better and better. So that was about a year and a half ago, yes. Yeah, it was and it was about June grade 1 and he's just started grade 3. What changed? Because a lot of people can buy a book, and lots of people do buy lots of books on behaviorally challenging kids. Um, as the author of one of those books, it has, was always my dream to have a book change people's lives dramatically. Uh, and by the way, I want to mention, we do have a caller already on our program, but we want to hear a little bit more from you, and then caller, I promise, we'll get to your call. Um it would be good for people who are in the who are still feeling like they're in Beirut, as you put it, right now, to hear what changed for you, because obviously you bought a book, but um, what changed as a result of reading that book? I'm I'm a person who can who can read a book and make changes. Like I learn really well from books, so. Like people have different learning styles, and mine certainly is to self-teach myself through reading. So that is part of it. Part of it is that's how bad it was. It was so bad that 
something had to change. You know, what yeah, in order for things to change, staying the same has to be more has to be painful. Then you will change. So that's how bad it was. Um and it spoke to my heart instantly. Like You know, I had tried the other books. I had tried all those books. I'm a researcher. I read and read and read. I had tried everything. And we had done stickers. We had done timeout. We had done, we had done. And none of it worked. It almost always made it worse. And the the compassion and kindness and fairness and democraticness of the model spoke instantly to my heart. And uh, I had used another, I felt, um, empathetic parenting book with my other kids. So my one of my first steps was to go back to that. And as I was reading that, I realized this isn't what I'm dealing with. So I realized when I read that, okay, there's something bigger going on. So what in the book it even says, I've underlined it, uh, these kids need a different approach. So maybe even before I came to the explosive child, I had come to a place where I realized what works for other people isn't necessarily going to work with him. So changing my lenses, that was a big step. Assessing what was causing the explosions, like when, uh, you know, when you say take a week and see, not just what's causing them to explode, but where they're hesitating. And so what I realized, it was actually just three main things that were causing the explosions, and then it was my reaction that were escalating those. So when I planned to see those things, we went from being in a constant state of crisis, the whole house, to to breathing. And my other children recognized the difference. Like a, like four days in, I said, are you seeing a difference? And they're like, huh, yeah, yeah. So the difference was so dramatic and so quick and I didn't even really need to talk to everybody else in the house about it they just responded to how I was dealing with him and adopted that themselves and so right away we started treating him better and more respectfully and stopped being mad at him all the time and he responded as anybody who was always getting in trouble and now isn't positively Susie, I'm betting you had a similar experience years and years ago, yes? Uh, Yes, I was doing the math, and I think it's about 13 years ago um, before we learned about collaborative and proactive solutions. Life in our house was a nightmare. Our nine-year-old son was volatile, explosive, moody, and increasingly violent. He was melting down at least eight times a day. And so one of the things that we focused on with our son was anytime he got frustrated, he exploded, both in the home and at school. So um, my mother-in-law, who um, was a psychiatric social worker, had heard you speak I think I've mentioned this before, and uh, said that you were describing our son and um, this is what we need to do. So 
we uh, used the ALSEP, the Assessment of Lagging Skills and Unsolved Problems, and prioritized two lagging skills and unsolved problems, civility and managing frustration. And we worked collaboratively on ways to help him express his concerns, listen to ours, and invite him to offer his ideas on what would help as well as address both parties' concerns. As your model uh, reminds us, we tried to be responsive to the hand we'd been dealt. So it became clear that certain people in classes at school frustrated him and caused him to act out. And we started to figure out specifically what was frustrating him and under what circumstances and tried to find ways to resolve the frustration. And I know it sounds funny, but in school he had advanced permission to leave the classroom when he got frustrated and go down to his guidance counselor's office and quiet himself down. And if you passed by one of these occasions, you'd see my son lying on the floor calming himself. And this intervention carried over to high school as well. We also worked with his teacher and guidance counselors to get his assignments ahead of time a week in advance if possible so he'd know what to expect. If he had a better idea what to expect, then the assignments wouldn't take him by surprise. And he didn't like surprises. Uh, one thing that was invaluable was to make an appointment with him ahead of time to um, talk over our concerns, not in the heat of the moment. In the beginning, uh, before we had practice, we were a lot of times in an emergent situation, and um, those, those solutions can work, but it's it's best to um, do the model proactively. So I also made a point of every August before school started meeting with teachers and the guidance counselor and even sometimes the school psychologist to explain our son so they would have the right lenses on and know what to expect. I check in with the guidance counselor at least every week, and sometimes more. Um, we would have teacher meetings months to make sure we were all on the same page, so my son wouldn't slip through the cracks. And frequently, we had our son attend these meetings, which was his idea, so he could learn to express his concerns and advocate for himself. Um, my son had so many challenges that I can't say we conquered them all, but Plan B did repair our relationship, and he went on to graduate from college and is working for a startup company in a big eastern city. And even today, we always have to work at Plan B with him, um, teaching, indirectly teaching skills and solving problems, but we believe that Plan B gives us hope. 
Life's not perfect, but it does get better. Boy, you two have a lot in common. Yes, we do. Uh, Anna, what do you think when you're hearing what Susie's talking about? Susie, what do you think when you're hearing what Anna's talking about? Guys, feel like you've been down the same path, same journey. Anna, do you want to go first, or yeah? I would say, uh, well, your your son is certainly much older than mine, but Mm -hmm. uh, I do have older children as well. So I, uh, it, it certainly is raising children is different as you're, as they get older for sure, and I do hear a lot of similarities in in Susie's uh, story for sure, and and it certainly gives hope and uh, to know that there there's a variety of outcomes that are positive for kids like these because there were times when I just and I've heard other callers call in and. And you, you just think when your child is exploding constantly over seemingly nothing to you, uh, like what what does the future hold for this child? So hearing Susie's story and that her son has graduated college and has a job and it, it, it's it's really reassuring. Anna, you've been listening to this program as a not parents panel member. What did this program do for you when you weren't an active participant? What what did it do for you as you listened to uh, other parents panel members or answers to emails or other callers? Um, how was that helpful? When <laughs> I held on to this show like a life preserver, and sometimes I would just play the introduction over and over to the part where you say, let's talk about your challenging child and how we can help. Because like sometimes that would make me cry, just that somebody was got it and there's help. Certainly that. And so I used to just play the radio program all day, every opportunity I had. While I was making supper, while I was, you know, working, if I had was able to have a radio, a, a sound on, I would do that, and it was just um, reassuring. And, and and like everybody's solutions for what their child's unsolved problem is is different, but just the reassurance that uh, that there are solutions, and that there are other parents and that there is help, and that it'll get better. And and to hear some of the desperation in the parents' voices, and and you think, yep, I that's my world. That is where I am living today. Today I am living in this desperate place. And, and then other times you hear success stories, or Susie, or even Peter, actually, I, because... Uh, Peter's, Peter's area code was close to my sister's area code, so I kind of had a set. Like, it just felt like, okay, there is somebody within probably an hour or two of my house that gets it. <laughs> like, even that. And his children were the similar age to mine, and even just listening to Peter, what he was going through regularly was was a big help. Shall we take the call from someone who's calling in for help? Sure. I think. Here we go. Uh, from area code 
206. You're on the air. Yeah. Hi, this is Dave. How, How are, are you guys? today? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right, thanks. Um, so, uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, you know, I've had a, a daughter who, uh, I think she shares um, a lot of characteristics with a lot of the, the people that have been talking about their, their kids. Um, you know, she's, she certainly fits the profile in the book really well. Um, you know, little little things will set her off in major, major ways. And there's there's some complicating factors. Everybody has their own sort of unique situation. Um, my daughter's name is Ashley. She's eight. Um, she don't, let's, and a, don't, don't use any other identifying information besides that because you want to make sure it stays anonymous. Oh, you bet. You bet. Um, could I say a little bit more about our situation? Like sort of what oh, she's sure. With, or, okay. Yeah. Um, so she's a uh, she's a cancer survivor, um, and so for the last you know three years of her life, um, she's diagnosed, which is four actually. Um, for the last three and a half years of her life, she's been like stuck with needles and and you know had to go through a bunch of stuff that a lot of kids don't have to go through. Um, and you know, before that, she was always difficult, but that sort of you know triggered and set her over a different cliff, I guess. Um, and, you know, another complicating factor is my wife and I are getting divorced. So, you know, consistency across uh, how we do things are, you know, is difficult at times. Um, you know, what the, we, we, we have started putting a lot of the principles of the book into place. Um, we've had some really good success. Um, but, you know, every once in a while something happens. And, um, you know, everybody who's on this call, I'm sure, knows this. It's like, you know, you can plan as much as you can plan, and then sometimes something's going to go haywire. Um, and so with her, you know, we're still reducing the number of tantrums that she has and explosions and, you know, violent outbursts that she has. Um, but, you know, what, I'm, what, I, what I was hoping to sort of just get a, an answer to, which I don't know if there is a really simple answer to this, is, you know, there's a lot in the book about avoiding the confrontations and making sure that they're on board and helping problem solve with them, which is, is all great and works really well with her and she's really logical and can really think things through a lot of times. Um, but every once in a while, it could be her mood, it could be hunger, it could be lack of sleep, whatever it is, you know, she is going to explode. Um, and so what I was curious was, um, you know, maybe this is a question for everybody on the call or the doctor, is, um, you know, two questions. One, when a child actually does explode, um, you know, I, I don't, I, I've come through the book as much as I can, you know, I, I know sort of the, the principles of the book by heart, but I, I didn't see as much about when they do explode, what do you do? Um, you know, what's, what, is there a technique to use, or is there something that you should do in that situation? Because once, once she explodes, she's way over the edge, and there's no reasoning with her whatsoever. Um, so that was my first question. And then the second question I had was about the fact that, you know, my wife and I are going through a divorce, and, and I'm sure, Dr. Green, you've had situations like that. You know, do you have any suggestions on, you know, when you have two different households and two people that don't really like to speak to each other that much, um, how how to deal with that? Um, uh, those, those are my two questions. And thanks again for taking my call. I appreciate it. You bet. Um, you bet. Delighted. Uh, delighted. And what I'm going to do, because we're getting a little feedback, feedback. I'm going to mute you. 
because we keep hearing ourselves talking. Ah, that's better. Now we can keep you on. Still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I put you on mute just so you didn't hear any feedback. Got it. Perfect. So we can keep you on the air so this can be more interactive. I was, otherwise, I was going to have to mute you while we were talking. But let me give our other parent, uh, our pan- parents panel members a crack at this first. I mean, I have some standard things that I say about what to do if an explosion or a challenging episode should occur, but um, I don't like to hog things on this program, so let's give Susie and uh, Anna a crack at this first. Either of you want to take a crack at the what do you do if an, uh, a challenging episode should occur question? Sure. Um, well, first of all, I might suggest to keep track of a week you know, for one week, um, all of the problems that um, go on during that week and using the ALSEP, the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems, which you can download through the website of Lives in the Balance and prioritize two or three that are really causing problems in your home between you and your daughter. Um, I I understand that sometimes problems pop up and and they're not consistent. They sort of hibernate and um, they just uh, occur once in a while. You can't work on everything at once, so you got to pick your two or three most important ones. But um, make sure you write down the hibernating problems because just because they only occur once in a while, <coughs> they're still a problem waiting to be solved. Um, I know that sleep and hunger are just so important with these challenging children, and um, I I really made those two things a priority um, as much as I could. Um, You know, even if that means having little snacks around, uh, healthy snacks around um, until it's the next meal time. But unfortunately, when a child explodes, there's not going to be much you can do about it at that time. Um, You you want to make sure that everybody's safe and try to uh, neutralize the situation. Um, But I think, as I said before, um, to make an appointment with your daughter um, during a quiet time so that you can discuss whatever of the two or three most important problems um, that popped up. You can talk about that, um, not in the heat of the moment. Um, And as far as your divorce situation, I think you try to keep in mind, I'm no expert, but just for what it's worth, I think you try to keep the child in mind 
and at the forefront, and I know I appreciate it's very, very difficult to um, keep the lines of communication open, um, but you really need to do that, especially as the child gets older. It's in some ways more important than maybe just emails um, might help with that, but you really need consistency, the two of you to be on the same page, if at all possible. Um, you, you didn't mention, is is your soon-to-be ex-wife um, on board with this model? Um, she, she is um, to an extent, and where I've had challenges is, you know, the, one of the big exercises in the book is write down what happens in a week and, you know, where the, the challenges are and, and that sort of stuff. And so, um, you know, I've done that. Uh, she hasn't done it. Uh, she's been using the principles in the book, which is great, and, you know, I'm happy for her, and it's certainly reduced the number of, of tantrums and outbursts. Uh, but, you know, the, you know I, somewhat, I feel somewhat limited in our ability to be really proactive about things and sit down with Ashley. I mean, I can see what I see. When she's here, um, I think she explodes over different things at her house. Um, so, you know, the, we have had challenges with that, and, and you know, our personal issues sometimes will come up in those those conversations. I mean, we both definitely put the kids first. And, you know, I'm willing to, you know, bear whatever crosses I need to bear to, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that Ashley, or my daughter, is, is taken care of well and, and that, you know, we, we get to a good point with her. Um, but yeah, that, that has been challenging and, you know, I've been, you know, I'm just hopefully just going to be able to chip away at it and and eventually we can get to a point where we're really putting the whole thing in place. And I, you know, I, 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 that, that probably is the hardest part is just, you know, I, I don't have any influence over what she does or how she does it, nor, nor do I really need to necessarily, but, you know, I, I'd like her to follow through on a couple of things that are in the book that, that haven't been done yet. Um, so, you know, but I have a limited ability to be able to help with that. I, is it okay if I say three more things? Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say that in the beginning, uh, my husband was, was, not so on board with the model and and it um you know at least you're ahead of the game in that respect but but it does make things extra challenging um i actually started using plan b with my husband and found that it worked wonders to resolve some of the concerns that he had in using the model. Um, But I also wanted to compliment you on recognizing that your um, daughter does have some problems now and good for you for, you know, taking a different approach and being very brave. Um, And I'm so sorry that she's endured what she has, but so absolutely thrilled that she's a survivor and uh, 
is doing well. Um, and lastly, I just wanted to say, just as a reminder, that not to focus on her behavior, but when you're uh, trying to help your daughter, what leads to the problem beforehand um, is is a very helpful thing to keep in mind. So that's what I had to say. Thank you very much. Um, does, it, does anybody else have any sort of tips on, you know, we're, we are, or I'm really trying to be proactive about avoiding the confrontation in the first place. Does anybody else have any thoughts on or techniques that have worked well or just, you know, little things that they've done when their kid has gone off the deep end um, to sort of bring them back to, you know, the normal place that they usually are? And, you know, like, and, and you know, when, when I say that my daughter fits the profile of the book, like, perfectly, you know, from chapter one, it was, okay, this is her. Um, you know, she's a really bright kid. She's a fun kid. Like, 90% of the time, uh, she's just, like, just, you know, very rational and very logical. And after tantrums, she'll, she'll be able to say, oh, you know, I know I shouldn't have done that. I know that was wrong. Um, you know, and really analytical about everything. Um, but, you know, in the moment, it's, everything is out of control. It's, it's, I'm going to hit you. I'm going, if there's, there's, if there's a piece of furniture to destroy, I'm going to destroy it. Um, if there's something that I can throw at you, I'm going to throw it. Um, and, you know, that's where it's, it's really, really challenging for us. Like, I, I definitely see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and I see that, that she has all the potential in the world to come through this. Like, she's come through so many really difficult things in her life. Um, but, you know, when it's actually happening, and, you know, it can be, there are definitely some consistent issues that come up, and then there's just something that comes way out of left field. Like, I made, like, uh, two days ago, I made a, a bet with my son for, like, a dollar. He, he bet me about something that was kind of trivial and silly. Well, he won the bet, and that just set her off. Uh, she said, he won the money. I did, you, need, you owe me a dollar, too. And I was, like, trying to understand, like, you know, what are you talking about? Why have you taller? Um, and, you know, just lost it. And these tantrums can last for, like, an hour. Um, so, I mean, does anybody else have any, any thoughts on what worked in the heat of the moment to sort of knock, knock is the wrong word, but sort of just bring their child back to the, the child that they are typically? Anna, you want to take a crack at it? Then I'm happy to weigh in. Uh, I would uh, say, actually, when you first came on, I I pulled up a line that I had written down from one of the previous shows, and it said, defuse, de-escalate, keep everybody safe. And there were times when things were going bad here, and I would just kind of say that over in my head. Defuse, de-escalate, keep everybody safe. Defuse, de-escalate, keep everybody safe. So when people get to that state, you're not going to reason with them because the things that are going on in their brain makes reasoning impossible. So you really cannot solve anything while they're in that state. So that's one thing I would say. The other thing is behavior is communication. So when you do a plan B, you don't want to be thinking, you know, uh, you threw this across the room, what's up? That's not really, the the behavior is not the problem. But later come back with the example that you gave that 
you know, you got really upset about that. So, like, to follow up, like, what happened, like, why that set her off so badly and and get her point of view. But that's, uh, you might, and like Susie said about making appointments to to have the plan B, that's certainly what I did too. And I still do that now. I say, you know, at some point today, I would like to have a plan mm-hmm. B about this issue. Like that, that is, that's a huge one. And actually, uh, like on a personal note, find a time that your child wants you to be with them. And and my son used to want me to sit with him when he was on the toilet. This is when he was younger. And that's actually when I used to do the plan B because I if I could get back the hours I have sat in bathrooms with my four children, like that's extra year of my life, I'm sure. So doing that really frustrated me. That, but So I would use that time to do the plan B and then I wouldn't be so, here I am sitting again waiting for people. And... So that's really come back to not focusing on the behavior, but focusing on what she's communicating. And uh, and and also about your wife, you can't control what's not what's ha- not happening in your house. You, you can only control what's happening while they're with you. And and when you build the relationship around that, it's only going to get better. So I, you know what, when you use this your relationship with your kids is going to get better and better and better. I, I hope yeah, that's okay. Yes, it definitely has. Um, you know, we had, other than, you know, this whole issue a couple of days ago, just had this really great weekend. Like, there were no incidents whatsoever. We were able to catch things, you know, that, that you know, I saw before they happened, which is great. Um, and, you know, I felt like I had my daughter back, which is, is great because she's gone through a whole summer of changes and, you know, flexibility clearly is not uh, something that she has yet or that she's developing. And so, um, you know, it, she had a lot of incidents over the summer. Um, but, you know, the last few months have been getting better and better and better. And, you know, my relationship with her has been getting better. Um, but, you know, again, every once in a while something pops up and, and you know, she did, I did try to keep her safe. I did try to keep myself safe and that kind of stuff. But, you know, she's in the middle of a parking lot <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, been there. Um, <laughs> it, it, can be, it can be really tough when it comes up. And, um, uh, you know, eventually, you know, I, I know better than to try to have any kind of discussion with her when she's like that. I mean, the only thing I focus on is how can I help you? How can I help you get through this? How can I help you? Um, so why and, didn't you? I have to ask. Why didn't you just give her the dollar? Um, you know, it got to a point where it was past that. Like I, I you know, yeah. it wasn't even about yeah, the dollar. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, um, yeah. It was. Hey, you know, let's talk about it. You know, I and I tried to just sort of like put it off a little bit, just like you know, hey, let's talk about it. And you know, eventually when she calmed down, it was it was, you know, sweetie, you know, is this really, you know, I did the whole reflexive listening thing where I was like, you know, saying back to her what, what reflective listening where, where I was saying back to her what she was saying to me to try in an effort to prove to her that I understood what she was trying to say and trying to communicate. Um, and eventually she got down to a point where she's like, you know, I said, is it, it upsets you when Dean wins money? Why does that upset you? And, and, and she said, well, um, it's because, 
you know, he gets a dollar and I don't, and I want the money too. And, you know, it's not always logical, but it's it, eventually you kind of, there's a little bit that sort of makes sense out of it that you can hold on to and be like, I didn't realize that was important to you and I'm really sorry. And, yeah. you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. But Good for it, you. Sounds like you handled take, it perfectly. It can take like an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> an hour and a half yeah. of time. It's not efficient. <laughs> no. no, actually, excuse me, it it ends up saving time, though. Sure, after, yep. In, in the long run, you know, yes, because meltdowns and explosions take so much longer. And all, it sounds like the more time. you do this, she's mm-hmm. going to start getting better. Like, get, it, time. It's about time. Like, it's two years, things are still getting better here. Yeah. And how, how old is your, your child? When you say the person that said Mine, he's eight. Better. Yeah. He's eight. So, so we've been doing it for a year and a half. And just this weekend, we had a thing. We Three milestones in this weekend alone. Uh, three three what? Said milestones. milestones. Like three things oh, that wow. six months ago he wouldn't have done. Three examples of flexibility. That Do you, do you reward and, and, him for these types of behaviors? Do you, do you have, like... Anything you do, you just recognize it and compliment them, or you know, maybe I would I would compliment him, but really there are things that he wouldn't. Like an example is he went boxing, so ninety percent of the class he was having a good time. The last ten minutes he didn't enjoy. That's it. I'm never going back to boxing. I hate boxing. Boxing sucks. Even though I know for most of the time he enjoyed it. So then I'm like, this is where his inflexibility is affecting his enjoyment of life. And then I'm being, you know, then I'm being the cup half empty person and thinking, look at this is never going to change and what am I going to, how can I help him with this? And then two days later he's like, you know what, I think I'm going to try boxing again. And like the hugeness of that, and that is two years in the making or a year and a half in the making that I will try again. And it, and it's not a big thing, but for him, that it's monumental. What so so same same age as my daughter. Um, when he does meltdown, which maybe doesn't happen anymore, or maybe happens really 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 infrequently, which would be fantastic and great. Um, what do you actually do? I mean, what? This is you, what I've noticed about the meltdowns because we've had a couple of uh, touchy close calls recently, and this is what I notice. It's about me. I'm the one who, you know, that I'm tired, hungry, rushed. And and so when 99% of the time I'm going to be this negotiating, let's do this, let's do that parent, but then that whatever reason I become, this is what we're doing in a plan A parent, and then he reacts. And then, so, you know, when I what I notice now, if there's a meltdown, it's because of how I'm treating him. Not that he's doing anything differently. Yeah. And I guess if I was going to weigh in here, just one thing. Oh, sorry. Let me just weigh in real quick because we only have about a minute left. I think that what we're dancing around here is an important theme, and that is, um, yes, there are some things that you can do in the heat of the moment, and I think it was was Anna who said, defuse, de-escalate, keep everybody safe. That's sort of the standard go-to advice for once you find yourself in the thick of it. Um, 
Uh, my daughter, uh, very young, would lose it when she was hungry, and it rapidly became obvious that, that, that if I could keep my wits about me, I would realize she was hungry and get her some food. But I think the key point is we've got to learn from the challenging episodes. The challenging episodes tell us something. And that one did, too, the one that you described. She wanted a dollar, too, does tell us something about your daughter and the things that she's likely to lose it over. Even if we didn't anticipate it this time, that episode hopefully provided us with some information so that we can prevent it the next time. And unfortunately, we have to end on that note because we are out of time. I do thank you for your call. And I want to thank... Susie and Anna um, for their participation on the parents panel today. Um, This is going to be a blast to have you all together once a month. And um, I'll be back next week solo. Uh, Dr. Green, what about Columbus Day?